Hi folks, and welcome to episode 33 of the Old Guy Gaming Podcast. My name is Charles Nixon. I'm Giles Went West on Twitter, Xbox Live, and PlayStation Network. Uh, and you are joining me mid-April as I'm recording this. Uh, just moved into my new house, so thanks for bearing with me last time. Uh, this time is also going to be a slightly... Uh, I have to be slightly creative uh, with my setup because I am still getting things sorted just to let you behind the curtain. My internet only got arranged yesterday, which has been quite a challenge hotspotting for the last uh, couple of weeks, but I made it. So high five myself. Um, but yeah, internet's now sorted. I've got some chairs, which is nice because I was sitting on garden chairs uh, for the last few weeks, but still no table. Uh, still not quite the audio setup that I'm hoping for. So if this sounds a bit different, that is why. Um, I also teased that this week's episode might be the last one in the current sort of format um, and I was a bit ambitious so I think uh, we'll have at least one more uh, under this uh, under this brand, under this kind of format and honestly nothing fundamental is going to change so if you were concerned uh, please don't be but if you were excited then definitely you are uh, right to be excited I hope because um, yeah I've been thinking a lot just about um, what I talk about, how I talk about it, um, and really what I personally bring to the table. Um, obviously, uh, I've made it very clear, and hence the name, that I'm a rather older gamer, um, and I think that brings a different perspective. Um, but I think in terms of content, um, what's more important is that I think uh, my focus is often on sort of um, subscription services, uh, and also um, just with a you know, with an interest in the industry side of things that maybe not everyone podcasting or streaming has. So um, that's really going to be the uh, the change that's coming on. And again, I think there'll be some new branding, but ultimately it um, doesn't really matter. There'll be a podcast still every couple of weeks uh, on this feed. Uh, the name's going to change. The kind of focus for me is going to change ever so slightly. Um, but hopefully, if you enjoy this so far, um, you will still enjoy the new show. So thanks for bearing with me. Just wanted to give you an update on that. And let's uh, crack on with today's episode. Right, so uh, linked to my intro, I guess, but the big news, kind of as always at the moment, is uh, Xbox Game Pass. Um, for me, uh, I go on about this. I know I go on about this a lot. And as I said, it's, you know, it's a big focus for me in terms of gaming. Um, the service has brought me such good value um, because I do like to dabble, particularly in the smaller, sort of slightly more eccentric titles, um, which Game Pass is brilliant at, but also um, it is already delivering some really high quality sort of major AAA games pretty early, sometimes at launch, and that's where we wanted to start because um, the big news uh, this fortnight, and it was announced, I think just after the last episode, as always, uh, was that MLB The Show, uh, Major League Baseball game, is coming to Game Pass day one. Uh, and uh, if you're not familiar with this, it's a kind of simulation um, approach to baseball. Apparently, it's really, really well reviewed. It's been exclusive on Xbox, uh, PlayStation sorry, uh, for some years, partly because it's actually developed by a Sony first-party studio, Sony San Diego. So the fact that it was coming to Xbox at all uh, was really big news um, that got announced, uh, I think, a little over a year ago. 
um, presumably driven by Major League Baseball. In fact, I think they've probably gone on record as saying that they wanted to, you know, to broaden out the audience, widen the appeal. So I'm sure if it wasn't for MLB, this might not be happening. Um, but coming to game, coming to Xbox, big news. And then this announcement that it's coming to Game Pass uh, is just, I mean, it's sort of mind blowing. Uh, not when wanting to, um, you know, go overboard or anything, but it is such a weird development. I mean, we've already had now that Microsoft's bought Bethesda, um, we've got the slightly strange situation of Microsoft games, Xbox games, Bethesda games, technically, uh, coming out exclusively on PlayStation uh, for the next year or so. So we've got Deathloop and uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, so that was always a bit odd. Uh, and with the crossplay and with various initiatives, you know, different platforms are getting closer and things are happening that you maybe wouldn't have expected to be possible just years ago um, but this one I think takes the biscuit um, because yeah a Sony first party developed game is coming to Game Pass day one um, so I think there's a couple of things that came off this that I wanted to talk about um, first of all massive news it's another really major um, AAA game coming to Game Pass Day 1. So following on from Outriders, um, which I have got to play for just the intro really so far. Um, quite enjoyed it actually. It's quite Gizawari, um, Gizawarzy even, um, and with some um, some sort of, I don't know, some other interesting kind of uh, mechanics as well. So I think it's a bit harsh to just compare it. But anyway, Outriders, interesting. MLB The Show, um, doubling down on that really um, and it does beg the question what next and we've had a lot of rumours coming through as to what else could join Game Pass in the next few months as I say personally I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake uh, when it is available on Xbox which hasn't been announced yet but the exclusivity expired this month um, I'd I'm kind of backing it to come Game Pass day one. I think that's Microsoft's strategy that if they are going to get things later, um, they're going to want them uh, coming to uh, to Game Pass. And personally, that's my prediction. Um, but I've seen lots of other rumors about potential games, potential services, potential libraries coming to Game Pass. You know, talk of uh, Ubisoft's library potentially um, coming on which uh, would be amazing if that happened um, but we'll see but essentially even without any of that speculation the big news really is that um, Game Pass is going from strength to strength and remember you know those first party Xbox titles like Halo Infinite are coming uh, from this autumn in fact Microsoft Flight Simulator I think is going to be um, in the summer that's probably the first big thing um, possibly um, yeah Psychonauts not exclusive so yeah Focus, Charles, focus. Flight Simulator, Halo, Infinite, and all that other good stuff coming first party from Microsoft is going to be day one in Game Pass as well. So this really feels like a big ramping up for the service. We had Octopath Traveler launching, um, which is a really big deal. It's been really popular on Switch, really well reviewed. As I say, MLB The Show, previous iterations have been really well reviewed, so it'll be good to see the reviews of this. It joins the service April 20th. Um, and it also does create this strange wrinkle as well as, uh, you know, Sony Studio game uh, launching into Game Pass. It also uh, creates this strange wrinkle where if you're a Game Pass subscriber on Xbox, you're going to have access to this game for, for free. And I know some people object to that terminology, but 
no extra cost if you insist but yeah for me it's it's included in the service so what are you going to do um whereas if you want to play it on playstation you're going to have to fork out full price because they've got no equivalent service so really really interesting development really strange just a just one of those weird wrinkles uh, again i don't expect this to mean we're going to see you know sony first party games last of us etc coming to game pass i think that's quite frankly ridiculous but it does show um that you know the rules are changing somewhat uh and yeah in terms of those other rumors for game pass you know the big one is that um microsoft are apparently having conversations with uh hideo kojima uh, about his next game uh, coming to Xbox, presumably again coming to Game Pass if it is financed by Microsoft, and that would be um, huge news. But we'll see. Um, and then, like I said, the the wrinkle there that Sony don't have an equivalent service. It's just I find it really interesting. There are some slowly some kind of rumours coming out to suggest that Sony have a some kind of response um it is really i think fascinating how slow they have been to respond to this and you know whereas it feels i think probably for the sort of mainstream audience it feels like game pass is just getting started it's really been going for a couple of years and i think you know it's going to be hard for sony even with their massive install base on playstation to um to sort of catch up with that um xbox game pass has just a already a huge number of subscribers growing really quickly um i think they've you know they've had all the conversations with developers with publishers um if sony hasn't already done a lot of that in the background i think they'll really struggle to catch up um and that's not to say that they don't have the services available you know they have ps plus which i think has been going really really strong recently you know another um another really good month for ps plus this month um and playstation now which i think um more than anything i think has a branding issue um because it's still seen i think and, and really still marketed as a streaming first service even though um most of the games if not i think all of the ps4 games that are on that service can be downloaded and played offline um essentially then kind of getting close to a game pass type service although you know the library is very different and playstation sony are not uh are not talking about bringing their first party titles day one which is a huge huge difference um but yeah on ps now um interesting to see that marvel's avengers uh the ps4 version has been added um to playstation now um so again just while saying that sony don't have an equivalent of game pass it's worth noting that you know ps now ps plus if there was something that wrapped those two services together um then it is you know it's somewhat similar and obviously if you own a ps5 there's also the playstation collection which has that kind of curated group of classic ps4 games um you know bringing all these things together maybe making that available on ps4 then you can start to see some kind of um some kind of service from sony so it'd be interesting to see what happens but yeah game pass has had another cracking month right the other big story of um these few weeks for me has been the announcement um made official uh of a the return of e3 so e3 2021 is going to be a digital event so return again in uh, air quotes a bit like free earlier um but 
I I'm excited about this. Um, I really missed the in-person events, and I say that as someone who hasn't really been to many of them. Um, I did get to go to XO19 in London um, back in well. 19. Uh, 2019, I think it was November uh, 2019. So what feels now like decades ago, although it was just uh, a year and a half, if you can believe it, um, was a really fun event. And um, I was due to go to E3 2020. I had big plans to travel over there. Um, I'm based in the UK, if you're not clocked from the accent. Um, I was going to do a little road trip and end up in LA for E3. Uh, obviously, all that changed with COVID. Um, so I'm really excited for a couple of reasons. Firstly, while last year there were all these events happening, uh, digital events happening, I did feel it was a bit scattergun. It's nice to have a sort of tentpole um, event for people to target, to get that buzz, to have that intense burst of news. I really like that. I think it's a, you know, it's obviously how things have been done in the past. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the right way to do it. But I really enjoy that kind of big, kind of feels like a festival sort of of, of gaming. And also um, what feels really important listening to a lot of the kind of industry analysis is that particularly those smaller developers, particularly those kind of weirder titles, they really need that sort of showcase to kind of get attention. Uh, and then in terms of sort of mainstream uh, interest in gaming, um, again, E3 does a really good job, as does um, Gamescom, uh, of kind of getting that profile of gaming up, uh, getting that conversation going in the sort of more mainstream tight um, publications. So really pleased that E3 is coming back. I know not everyone is that excited. It will be from the 12th to the 15th of June this year, um, which weirdly, I know time has been somewhat... Uh, weird this past year or so but um that's two months away um, it is as a recording 16th of april i i kind of thought ah oh, june i'm looking forward to that that's way off um all of a sudden it's just two months away to the to e3 where we should find you know loads of big announcements i'll talk about who's there in a second um but that's crazy to me you know um at the start of the year spent a lot of time thinking and talking about how quiet the first few months of this year are going to be um, and how busy May is for gaming. You know, we've got Resident Evil, which we'll cover in a sec. We've got um, a number of other titles launching. Um, suddenly May is almost upon us and then E3, as I say, just two months away, which is kind of crazy. Um, and so, yeah, he's going to be there. I think it will be big. Uh, no Sony. Um, and I think they've sort of already made that decision pre-pandemic uh, after their slightly weird um, multi-location uh, flute performing, um, <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. It was uh, the weirdest uh, kind of showcase, uh, showcasing amazing games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima and uh, The Last of Us Part Two, doing it in a really weird uh, almost kind of immersive theatre type way. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know if that was kind of linked to their decision to uh, to stop doing it, but it certainly felt like that was a, that was a strange uh, and sort of strangely apt um, final performance because it, uh, it was a kind of mic drop of some description. Um, so here is going to be that. Nintendo are going to be there. Again, they've always had a slightly odd sort of sideways um, relationship they don't have a 
never a press conference at E3, but they have always done digital events, so that fits quite well with the digital event. They have then always done their treehouse from the show floor, so hopefully that or a version of that will be back. Xbox is going to be there. I think they're sort of one of the main driving forces, really, of um, of E3. They've been a strong supporter. I know uh, Phil Spencer in interviews has been talking about this a lot. I think he or someone from Microsoft is on the ESA board who run E3. Um, so I'm not surprised they will be there. Um, and really looking forward to seeing what they have to say. We'll cover that in more detail another show because there is so much um, that they could talk about with the Bethesda games with some gaps in their schedule that I'm sure are, are actually filled. They just haven't talked about um, with loads of um, kind of system side stuff that they could cover like xCloud. Um, I think there's some really exciting stuff coming from Microsoft this year that we don't know about. So interesting. Uh, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, who announced another Ubisoft forward as part of the show. Um, Take T, Warner Brothers, uh, and Koch Media. I'm pretty sure it's Koch. Koch. Everyone I've heard on podcasts, um, particularly the IGN guys, have been tiptoeing around the fact of trying not to say Koch, because uh, presumably that gets them. Uh, that gets them on the. Uh, on the um, explicit content list, um, but yeah. That's the name, K-O-C-H. And they, I think people, essentially, they are deep silver. Um, And so, you know, games like uh, Dead Island. um, Are they still Dead Island? Okay. I've suddenly drawn a blank. But um, (laughs) they're going to be there. uh, And, um, yeah, interested to see what all of them have to bring. Um, So excited about E3. Um, Interestingly, you know, Jeff Keighley's still doing his summer of uh, summer game fest. IGN are still doing their summer of gaming, although E3 have announced that they're linking up with publications like IGN, GameSpot, etc. So I think although there are still other things happening, it does feel like now those sorts of events, the IGN stuff, the Keighley stuff, is more of a connecting these big and smaller um, showcases that happen. Um, and so I am excited to see what happens. And as a lot of people have pointed out, I think E3 needed to do something this year um, just to keep kind of, I'll say relevant, although people might argue they're not, um, just so that if and when hopefully we can all come back in in real life uh, in-person events for 2022, um, that they still had some kind of momentum. So um, really excited by uh, E3, excited that it's two months away, and uh, I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about around that time. Okay, just wrapping up a few of the smallest news stories of the fortnight. Um, I said May was a busy month for gaming. It got slightly less busy because uh, Deathloop has been delayed again. Um, this uh, was, I think it was announced as a launch title or maybe launch window for PS5. It then went back to May uh, where we would also have things like Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil Village. Um, and now it has been pushed back again. I think the new dates, let me just double check is September the 14th. Um, So interesting, it's been delayed again. Remember, this is a Bethesda-developed game. It looks really cool. Um, If you haven't seen it, it's got a time loop mechanic. It's got a very stylish kind of 60s James Bond-style trailer or kind of video that got shown a few months ago. If you haven't seen that, check it out. It's really cool. 
with a with a fun sort of theme song. Um, just looks really, really interesting from Arcane, who did the Dishonored series. So it's going to be stylish. Again, it looks stylish. It looks like it's got a sort of pulpy, pulp kind of um, aesthetic. Uh, easy for me to see. Um, and it does look really good, but it's going to, you're going to have to wait a bit longer. I'm not so I'm surprised it got delayed this close to launch. Um, I think it's probably quite smart. It's interesting. I wonder if it is a development delay um, because it was coming out pretty close to Ratchet and Clank, which is another big PS5 game. And uh, I think whereas PS5 had um, plans, at least announced plans to launch, you know, Horizon, G Grand, uh, Gran Turismo, and they did announce that Ragnarok, um, God of War sequel, was going to come in 2021 last year. Um, I suspect, or I wonder, if some of this is about um, reshuffling the release schedule as well. I always, even when they announced it, I'd be amazed if God of War came this year. Um, Horizon seems to have kind of slipped back from initially feeling like it was targeting first half of the year. I'm not sure if they had ever announced that, um, but I think that's now going to be the sort of autumn full flagship title. Um, and Gran Turismo has very unsurprisingly <laughs> a game that, you know, maybe it'll be a surprise if it launches in 2022 because that game, that series is synonymous with delays. Um, but Gran Turismo has been confirmed that it's going back to 2022. I think they announced 2022. Maybe they just said delayed, in which case expect it somewhere in the 2030s. But um, yeah, I think that this means, this might mean uh, a bit of a reshuffle. And I wonder now if this then gives them a more of a spread out beat. So we've got Returnal on PS5 this month. Uh, we've got Ratchet next month. Then, you know, as far as we know, uh, we'll have a quiet summer followed by Deathloop in September, and then maybe Horizon is coming October, November, building into the Christmas season. So, you know, that's how I see it. I wonder if this uh, this fits strategically, as well as giving the team, I'm sure, I'm sure every team could do with some more time. And if um, Cyberpunk has taught us anything, it's that... Um, you know, let's not rush things, eh, guys? Um, so Deathloop delayed again. Better news, uh, and maybe replacing it in the schedule, is Call of the Sea is coming to PS5 and PS4 in May. Uh, this was a game that's already out on Xbox. It's in Game Pass. I really enjoyed it. Finished that game. Smaller title, um, sort of got elements of mist. It's kind of, you go on a strange island and solve puzzles it's a very slow adventure very stylish um really enjoy that really it's kind of set in the, the 30s i think um and it's got a kind of really stylized presentation not just the graphics but also um the sort of storytelling it does get quite weird um and i didn't think it was as great as some of the reviews i can't remember if ign or one of the other big titles gave it a nine um but uh, eight or a nine anyway, but um, I'm not sure I'd go that far, but it was it was really interesting, really fun um, and yeah, challenging. I enjoyed it. Um, so that is uh, joining PlayStation. Uh, and then we had a Nintendo uh, Indies event, um, which I think the flags, the sort of main thing coming out of that and, you know, go check out for details. Um, the main thing for me coming out of that was an Oxenfree sequel. 
really, really enjoyed Oxen Free um, on, what did I play it on? I played it on the Switch. Uh, could have played it on Game Pass. I think I was being, I think I saw it in a sale and felt like they deserved some cash. Uh, and it felt like the game to play on Switch um, had a really cool um, sort of teenagers exploring spooky things um, kind of vibe. Really nice presentation. Really enjoyed Oxen Free. Got to say, really did not enjoy After Party from the same uh, developer. So it'll be interesting. They're going back to Oxenfree for a sequel, uh, and that's coming in the autumn. Loads of other stuff announced. Go check that out. Uh, and then finally, uh, in terms of news, uh, Resident Evil uh, 8 Village uh, got another uh, showcase just last night, um, confirming uh, launch date early May, confirming a demo on pretty much all platforms, uh, Xbox platforms, PlayStation platforms, PC, Stadia. Uh, is that everything? Yeah, that's everything, I think. Um, and that there's going to be a demo, um, time-limited demo, so 60 minutes to explore, and also a time-limited window, I think, to for it to be active. I think it's just a day, which is kind of annoying. Um, and then an even more annoying eight hour window to play half an hour of gameplay uh, exclusively on PlayStation 4 and 5 uh, coming, uh, might even be today. It's very, very quick, very soon. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I can understand time limits on the length of the demo. I don't really appreciate this. You have to play it on a certain day, but from a marketing point of view, I guess it makes sense. Um, but the story trailer for Resident Evil 8 uh, or Village um, really piqued my interest because I haven't been that into that game. I've got to say, I still haven't played 7 yet. I do own it. So, you know, maybe that's uh, part of my issue. Um, but, you know, love me a good werewolf and um, the story and the, the trailer really sold it for me. It looked really interesting. Um, I'm not sure the stream justified it. A sort of 20 minute showcase uh, to talk about a, a Netflix show and uh, a couple of other slightly um, underwhelming <laughs> spin offs and, uh, and pieces of news. But um, yeah, the trailer and the gameplay for RE8 looked pretty cool. So, just time to talk about what I've been playing. Uh, and I've been sat on some news myself um, because one of the things I've been playing is my brand new PS5. Very, very excited uh, to secure a PS5 after a lot of trying. Um, so, yeah, got one from Game in the end, um, paid their delivery fee, which I was a little bit. Um, knocked about but um what are you gonna do at least it's not going to a scalper i suppose um and yeah it's now sat proudly i'd say alongside my series x although it is towering over my series x i know it's you know just different kind of shape and dimensions so um i think in terms of volume they're kind of similar but yeah the, the ps5 is i still really don't like the look of it i'm quite keen to uh, they're both vertical next to my tv um it would make more sense from a space point of view for me to lay particularly the ps5 to put it horizontal but i think it's going to look really weird but i might try that um but then the other thing is i really want to replace those white um what are they called plates uh some of the custom stuff i've seen the black stuff looks really cool would fit much better in my living room um so yeah i'm um, i'm very very tempted to do that but uh yeah i think i probably need to 
need to organize a dining table and a bed first. So, you know, priorities, Giles, priorities. Anyway, got my PS5, so very excited about that. I can now um, talk about both consoles again, which I'm uh, I'm pleased to do. Um, but again, in kind of keeping with my general standard, um, <laughs> and I appreciate this is a bit stupid given that uh, I just splashed out on the console itself and I know they're hard to get hold of. Um, I've not actually bought any games for it. Um, so. <laughs> So I am, I am um, enjoying the um, the PlayStation Plus games that I can get. I'm enjoying playing my PS4 games, um, some of them with a nice little boost. That's kind of really the main reason for me uh, to get hold of the console. Um, just wanted to uh, experience those and to have the option. Um, once I get a, see a good deal on Miles Morales, I'm going to get a hold of that. So really looking forward to that. I know where. Uh, a couple of my friends are playing it, really, really enjoyed it. Um, so looking forward to joining you guys. And then um, obviously Astrobot. So um, I have, uh, what are my impressions of Astrobot? Well, interesting. So the dual, set, the dual sense is um, just as good and interesting, I think, as people have said. So really enjoyed getting my hands on with that, feeling the weird weird haptics and particularly those resistive triggers um that is something that uh, i wonder if i'll ever get used to um and i think i've gone on the journey most people have gone on as well with it um going kind of backwards and forwards between gimmick and genuine um uh innovation um certainly it's more than just a gimmick uh, i think that's fair um you know it does the haptics do feel uh good feel really effective the idea of walking on these different surfaces i love the fact when you get on ice and you're skating around you know it really gets that, that feel of an ice skate it's amazing um and you know sand and everyone will know the examples uh, if you've played it or if you've heard other descriptions but you know you get sections where there's kind of sand and wind blowing in your face and that that really comes across well with the controller there's still this disconnect because obviously you know what's happening on screen is quite often involving your whole body or your feet and it's third per person so again it's not quite you whereas with the dual sense it's in your hands so that's slightly odd i think it worked really well in vr cannot wait for it to marry that those two things up and i know the the next gen vr controllers that were announced have um, the dual sense technology in them i think that's going to be really really cool i do think that's going to be a, a genuine game changer uh, very excited no pun intended very excited about that um but in terms of the game i i mean i love astro i think he's uh, really really adorable um having played the vr game i've got to say what's interesting is that for me anyway, is that um, I get more of a sense of wonder and sense of fun from the VR game just because you've, it plays really well with perspective um, and it does feel slightly, you know, you've obviously got the dual sense, which is is another layer of, of kind of interest for that. Um, but it does feel just slightly less exciting playing on a screen. So that's interesting. I know people have loved Astrobot. Um, and uh, I can see why he's he's adorable. The game's really good. Um, I'm enjoying it. I've probably played about a third of it, I think, um, and we'll obviously carry on. Um, but yeah, just it's interesting. I think if anyone has enjoyed the PS5 um, game, 
uh, and hasn't played on VR and gets the chance. Um, it is currently a free download with um, Play at Home, PlayStation's Play at Home initiative. Do that, even if you don't, don't own a PSVR at the moment, because you might always end up borrowing one or maybe you'll buy one down the line or the next generation. It's, it's just a really good game. Um, like I said, really enjoying um, trying out the DualShock with that game, really enjoying the game. Um, but um, I've got to say, it's not quite, I think, um, yeah, VR Mission has spoiled me a little bit. And so that was uh, that was a bit of a shame because I think that's taken the edge off what is a really fun experience. What else am I playing? Well, um, lots of Astro, lots of moving. Um, Spiritfarer, I think I've talked about now for three, three episodes, still sort of dipping into that. It's a really good game to play in small chunks, which I'm enjoying. Um, and I didn't, you know, I thought I wouldn't finish it, but because um, it's a long game and it's really not my style. Um, but now I wonder if I will. I mean, I guess it depends how long it stays on Game Pass. If I carry on at this rate, uh, I need it to stay available. I don't think I'd probably shell out for it. Um, but if you haven't tried it again, it's a really, it's just really wholesome and a really well designed, really well told game. Um, so I would recommend that. The other thing I would recommend, although you will now have to pay for it, because uh, it just left Game Pass yesterday as of time of recording, is um, Deliver Us to the Moon. Um, so I have got in the ridiculous situation that I'm in on Netflix and all my other streaming services where I seem to find myself um, desperately fighting the leaving soon category. Uh, and I've done that again on Game Pass. Um, Deliver Us to the Moon was one that I had bookmarked, wishlist, um, had in my back pocket to play, um, and then they announced that it was leaving uh, mid-April, so that gave me the incentive to get on with it. I really enjoyed it. I've played a, a series of kind of atmospheric space games recently, excuse me, from Tacoma, uh, which was really good, much more of a walking sim, that one. Um, so Observation, which was... Um, Again, really good. That was uh interesting twist. You know, you essentially you play as the ship's AI in that game. So it was very sort of puzzle heavy. Um again, just very different to Tacoma, but also kind of in the same kind of mood. And then Deliver Us to the Moon again is another another really different variation, but again, it's got that kind of isolated in space feel. Uh in this case. Um, you are kind of investigating a mystery of why this um, technology, which is sending power down from the moon to Earth, uh, keeping things going down here after some um, pretty wally level um, misery on Earth. Um, and so, yeah, again, it's quite puzzle heavy, quite exploration heavy, a lot of story. Um, has elements from both of those two games um but it was just really good um really enjoyed it uh, and polished that one off just before it left game pass so i was pleased with myself on that um so yeah i've been playing a good variety of games i did like i said dip into outriders um if i'm entirely honest that was mainly to um, hit one of the uh xbox game pass quests to get some points um which isn't quite as pathetic as it sounds because that translates into free stuff so if you don't do those i would recommend those i get 
probably a free month of Game Pass every two months um, through, you know, running through those quests. So that's well worth doing. Um, but yeah, looking forward to getting back to Outriders, trying that properly, um, finishing off Astro, uh, playing Spirit Spiritfarer, I'm sure, and then uh, working on the backlog. Um, what is next? Well, hopefully I'll have some more time because uh, moving has been no joke, people. And um, I am slowly unpacking, slowly getting there, looking forward to then having a bit more free time in which to play. Right, so that's everything for this show. Uh, like I said, um, I'm sure now that I will have at least one more show under the current kind of setup. Uh, and as I said, you know, things won't necessarily change too much. Uh, so if you were concerned, please don't worry. Um, if you were excited for a new start, then yeah, please get excited because I think it will be slightly different and will be an improvement on the show. If you have any comments, any feedback, any thoughts, anything you want me to cover, um, please do get in touch. Uh, I'm Giles West on Twitter, Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. I'm always really keen to hear your uh, your thoughts, your opinions, um, and ideas for what you want me to cover. But as I said, generally, I think it's probably fairly obvious at this point. You know, I subscribe to Game Pass. I tend to play most of my games through that service. Also got my PS Plus subscription and therefore the PS Plus collection on PS5. Um, got the subscription to um, Nintendo Online, um, although I haven't made great use of those um, retro games, which I really intended to do. So again, that's something I, I want to do more of. Um, and I'm not actually averse to subscribing to PlayStation now. Um, next time a good deal comes out, but again, just need to um, need it to make sense because right now I'm I'm struggling to get anywhere near keeping up with the content that's coming from the other things. But like I said, I doubt very much I'll suddenly start buying brand new um, full price games anytime soon. So again, focus of the show is likely to remain on kind of news, industry stuff, and then um, games hitting those subscriptions. And if you're interested in that, please um, subscribe to the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Please tell others if you like the show. Uh, and if you don't, then feel free to tell me uh, what I can do better. Always interested in hearing that. And until next time, cheers.